All righty, folks. Welcome back to another awesome oh, episode. Of the that was a bad intro. Podcast. Is that, that was a bad good? intro. That was a bad intro. Hey, folks. Welcome back. To- <laughs> you sound like a freaking hey, circus guy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome back to the episode. Um, we got a, a really cool show today talking all about DTF and lessons learned after one year. Why is this relevant? Because after all of the kind of uh, episodes that are broken up into pieces of Steven's journey of buying DTF and doing heat transfers, especially at the scale that you're doing with your stores, I even get emails asking uh, what what equipment is there, like what brand is Steven using now? <laughs> what brand and, uh, is Steven I'm using not sure now? Exactly. So I have to text him and ask, and then I'll respond back. But we thought it would be good to try to combine everything into one. As, oh boy, uh, it's been a pretty popular space. Also try to be as transparent as possible, naming brands, naming uh, models, the good, the bad, the ugly, the the great, everything else in between. Yeah. I, I don't want this to be like a, a bashing or anything. I've had quite the journey. So we've been, we're on our third machine. Um, I got into DTF literally this time last year. It has changed our business a little bit, but I've also learned a ton along the way. Um, so I get a ton of messages from people of like, what machine do you have now? And and hopefully this is helpful. Where do we start? All right. Hold on real quick though. We've got a couple awesome sponsors we want to talk about. Listen up folks. And the reason is, is because these are the people that are also supporting this space in this industry by helping put on shows like this. So if you're looking for one of these four services, absolutely check them out. Starting with graphic source. Do you need a solution to improve improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department? Call one nine hundred Hot Stuff. Uh, Graphic Source offers industry leading outsource options for your shop by truly becoming a part of the t- of the team. They plug and play with Printavo and other shop management software. So when it comes to SEPs, mocks, creative art, order management, embroidery, digitizing, back office admin, and customer service, there's no better company in our industry to work with. Hit them up at graphicsource.com for art staffing needs. Mention the Printavo Pod for fifty percent off your first vector separation or embroidery order. We have two full-time staffers with Graphex. You have two And now. we love two. One building online stores, one one in art. Wow. All right. So, yeah, they're awesome. Uh, Jeannie and Nancy, we love you. <laughs> Easy way. So if you're looking for a company to be able to help you um, with uh, environmentally friendly chemicals, but also help run the reclaim department efficiently, check out Easy Way. Um, and the reason is, is they not only work with a hundred plus distributors all around the States, but also have really, really good support. So you can reach out to them, ask them about how to do something, best practices, questions. They are there to help. And that's one of the big things that helps differentiate them. Ferg's favorites are 701, 842. 842. And Bruce's favorite is Easy Glide, which uh, we texted Alex and he said he'll come out with it shortly. So, um, where do you buy Easy Way from? You buy it from Multicraft. Bruce, have you heard of Multicraft underscore daddy? Uh, If you need ink, supplies, or a daddy, Multicraft screen printing and digital supplies for over 50 years has been providing you with top brands at competitive prices. Mention the Printavo podcast and receive an extra 10% off your 
order. We work with Dave Eggers and the team at Multicraft. They actually built us uh, a job form just for our team with exactly the products that we needed so that our team can go to an iPad and quickly reorder it. Really? Um, this, yeah, wait, hold on. Super hold cool. on. Wait, wait. How does, so, so like, it's like all the different Daddy products uses, are clickable. Then you put Daddy in the quantity uses tech. and yeah, da- daddy's tech enabled. Wow. He's got it. And it sends an so, email to the sales rep or something? Yep. So like we like I don't want, you know, these are the items that we want and so he made like a custom order form just for us um, to make it super easy. Uh, especially like this time of the year when you need to order emulsion early and stuff like that. So thanks Dave Eggers, uh you're crushing it. He's also um, by the way at 507 or 2, I'm sorry, followers broke 500. <laughs> it's going to be I mean, we're the dad by jokes the t- on here are working. Yeah, by the time uh maybe he'll be Twitter famous, we can get him a blue check mark someday. <laughs> so um Bruce, let's talk about Supercolor. All right. We're about to dive deep into this too. But yeah. uh okay, what's most important here, real quick though, is if you think about this, um and just the the difficulties of getting into the heat transfer world if you haven't done it in-house or if you're looking on doing it on different types of garments, high color counts, gradients, hard to print locations, and a bunch more. Supercolor actually put together this really cool guide that has everything in it to learn about that. So go to supercolor.com slash print hustlers or the link is down below and you can be able to download this guide. It's got more stuff around how to price, uh, best quality heat press to buy, um, different types of transfers, all that good stuff. Check them out, supercolor.com slash print hustlers to get that guide. What's going to be interesting is at the end of this, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a hot take. So everyone should listen to this episode because we're going we're gonna to talk about supercolor towards the end of it. So Okay. All right. Um, so let's get into it. So, okay. You, if we back up and take a step back, especially if this is the first episode people have been listening to, have had a DTFjourney.com. I've been on a journey, all thanks to <laughs> Scott Garnett. An ayahuasca journey? No, this is oh. an Aaron Rodgers thing. <laughs> um, yeah, no tribal medicine or anything like that. But uh, I was talking to Scott Garnett, and if you know, uh, you don't know Scott, King screen, um, super into lean and, and he's very active on the shirt show discord. Scott and I got to talking about something and we were talking about direct to film and I just went down this crazy rabbit hole one night of watching like YouTube videos on like converting your Epson to DTF, um, direct to film. Cause we do so much, you know, we do so much heat transferring. It's like, how do we bring this in house? And, uh, one thing led to another and I, I talked to my business partner. I said like, Jed, there's a couple companies out there that have these machines. I think we should think about gambling on it because we do so much on demand decoration, um, that is on like polyester doesn't work for DTG. Um, and it's usually like 12 pieces of these 20 pieces of those, a lot of our Shopify stores. And so Jed, is you know twice my age, but he likes to gamble, and he's like, "Let's do it." So uh, we decided to start working with Cobra Flex. Um, so we uh, started working with them. Wait, and they actually was, put, this was exactly so. One this year was ago. Liter- literally a year ago, probably a year and a month ago. Okay, probably a year and a month ago. Um, so we started working with Cobra Flex, and they decided to ship us their first unit. First off the press. Um, first off of it. And and the big sell there was that it was powderless. Bruce, do you understand the difference between powder 
versus non-powder. Like, do you, do you get that? I just know that the end of the film, because I went to the Supercolor Warehouse and like that at the end, it coats it in powder. Um, is that the adhesive? That's the adhesive, right? Okay. So no matter what happens, if you were to screen print transfers, digitally print transfers, do a hybrid of the two, you have to have some sort of bonding agent. And traditionally in transfers, that's been powder, right? And that's what actually like adheres to the shirt. So Cobraflex came out with this machine that said, we are powderless. And we're like, okay, that sounds cool. Um, saw a couple samples of it, whatever. And uh, what was interesting there is they would print CMYK, right? no differently than like a Roland printer, like an Epson printer or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they would print white over it and then they would actually print adhesive. So through an Epson print head, they would actually print glue. Now, Bruce, what happens if you try to print glue? Mm, Sounds sticky, but uh, tell us more. (laughs) Yeah. So um, first month, first couple of weeks was fine, but then... All of a sudden, the, so like the, the heads kept clogging hmm. over and over and over again. And the problem was they were printing the adhesive clear. So we literally would print out 500 feet of transfers. We would take it to the heat press, press it, and it would just not stick. And there was no way to know if it was if, clogged or not. If it was clogged or not, because the glue was clear. So I, I compared it to this is like, you're, you know, when you're pre-treating a DTG shirt, like that gooey stuff, mm-hmm. like imagine, you know, you can feel when the pre-treat hits, but imagine if that pre-treat like had no like feel, you couldn't even tell if it went through and then you went and tried to DTG a shirt, you would see these holes in the shirt where the DTG didn't hit or imagine, so- you, you know, you were like underbasing with clear and you just didn't know where the, op- like almost, almost like kind of a discharge print. Like you just don't know what's going to happen. Was it clogging often or was this like uh, every couple months you'd eat or like, was it there was a maintenance issue clo- or what? It was literally, so like we were, you know, every day cleaning it inside and out, but over time, like the head degrades, right? Um, and over time it wasn't firing and we couldn't get solid nozzle tests. So, you know, it would run for 20 feet perfectly, but you didn't know when it would start to fail because it was invisible. So you could be like, oh, we got a great nozzle test. All right, let's print. And then like halfway through, you just, it could, it could, it could, you know, like get clogged. And then you're like, shoot, we didn't know that. During a job like that. During a job. Yeah. So if you're running, so, so like, because we were very early on, I, I would give them feedback, like, how do you expect me to know what is right. the feedback loop? Right. Like, can you and make this glue green or I something like, that disappears it? when it, you know, there's yeah. heat or something. And it was just, you know, and, and I, I kind of like in kind of doing my research, these print heads are the Epson I3200 print head. It's the only, it's the universal print head that all the DTFs use. And so we were literally printing. I had one employee quit because of it. Damn. Because it was just so frustrating and then you had to start over. It was so frustrating. And so, you know, we think we were doing really, really well. And so sometimes when the, the glue was, say it was firing at 50%, mm-hmm. you might heat press the shirt and it would stick one wash and it would pull off. Oh, boy. And that's the worst one. Yeah. The worst kind. Wait, so it, what it, and it wasn't a maintenance cuz like my immediate question is like all right, did you not 
do something to make sure that they like, do you have to clean it every day or every single? So one thing to remember about these print heads is they are using water-based ink that dries. So you have to be cleaning them literally nonstop. And so like I was on this machine for three or four hours a day, running it day and night, trying to clean it, purge it. Um, you know, wow. And, and we're on the phone with them quite a bit and it's frustrating because then they start pointing fingers. Well, the techs didn't do a good job installing it. It's like, eh, okay. And you call the techs and they're like, the techs go, they should have never had this machine out in the industry. <laughs> and so you could start to feel the like, what they're dealing with on the, and I feel for them, right? But I kind of told them fundamentally, like, um, if, like, there are, there are thematic issues with clear adhesive. There's no feedback to tell you when it's failing. There's no vis- visible inspection. So therefore, there's if there's no redundancy, this isn't a good system. Um, and so they kept saying they were going to send a new one, send a new one, send a new one. And at, at one point, there was a day where I said, you know what? Let me just try putting powder on every single one of these. So I literally like bought powder. Mm-hmm. I like started You're using it and they were sticking thing. and they were sticking perfectly. We got to return this machine. It's done. Um, and I let them know, like, there are some fundamental issues here that you guys need to solve. And, uh, you know, I, I hear about, I've gotten several messages. Um, and I think the reason I want to do this is I've gotten several messages with people that have bought them and returned them or are struggling with the same thing. Yeah. I had an and unfortunate that, email of somebody that was stuck. Yeah. And so that's not cool. That, that frustrated me. So that was the first one. <laughs> so, okay. And, and like to be transparent, I, was this the one that you got to use for free or like there's other ones that you've bought and some of them you've gotten. I yeah. Like I, I told them, you know, give it to us. We'll test it out. We even recorded a bunch of content for it. Um, right. you know, uh, and said like, Hey, if this works, like we'd love to, you know, make this awesome. And so I just said like, I don't think we should have this machine. I think it's a good time for us to give it back. Got um, it. and you know, uh, but I, what I did tell them is, you know, you can't, like okay this is a $25,000 machine for us or $30,000 machine for us but for a garage shop you can destroy someone's livelihood that way you can like really ruin them and and so that's that's the part that hurt me the most um and I I hope they're making it better I mean that was a year ago so you'd hope uh they are selling a powdered unit now (laughs) (laughs) and 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 here's the thing like they're trying it out for the first time right they're dealing with China so they're, it's yeah, not so like the feedback it's their loop is, yeah, it's not like it's their machine. I mean, great. it's, 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 it's not their machine. Um, so that was, that was frustrating. Okay. Well, Cobra Fex, if you're listening, uh, Sorry. somebody's open to, to maybe testing or something and we'd love to get feedback and hopefully those things are fixed. Um, never getting a sponsor from them. Sorry, Bruce. <laughs> I, I appreciate more of the honesty to help the, you know, everybody listening to, to get to where they're going easier than sponsorships. Yeah. Um, okay. Part two equipment okay. journey two. what, what did you buy then? And then also like, what was your thoughts after the first one? Right. Cause this is a very early beta time for DTF. I mean, you see it at the trade shows, there's no real brand out there. That's it's a kind of a scattershot of a lot of different types were you discouraged or were you saying, no, 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 like in theory, this could work for our business. Let me give it a go again. That, yeah, that was my whole thing was like the theory behind DTF works, right? In fact, we sold our Epson DTG shortly after getting it because we thought we're like, this is it. 
Okay. Um, this is it. So like I was sold on it. I, I had some lessons learned. Like I learned like it's, it's about the printer, but it's also about the software, right? Like the rip software. They had us doing crazy Photoshop layered channel things. That was like super hard to do. And like, I learned quickly, you should be doing all of your ripping in a tool called like CAD link. Um, so I, I learned a ton for the first like 60 days. And so my next Does machine come with the machines or you buy that separate. Uh, it comes with some machines like this Cobraflex use a tool called main top, which is like a super janky tool. Um, and you can like, it was just really tough to use. Got it. Um, so that's an important like, part is making sure the yeah, software was, was the software and it's use. no different, no different when you're buying a CTS, right? If you're buying a wax jet or if you're buying a, you know, uh, like a, a Kiwo or whatever that is knowing what the rip looks like and the software you're going to use, you know, I think that's really important too. <laughs> So that was a good lesson learned. So then we switched gears to a company called DTF Super. And and mind you, there are Facebook groups for this. So like I was in the Facebook groups just scouring threads and just reading and seeing what people's problems were. Um, and so I decided to go with the four-headed raptor. I don't know why they all have crazy animal names. <laughs> the Cobra Flex to the Raptor. Uh, so we decided to go with this. I think it was, man, it, it was made by DTF Superstore. And it was, uh, I think, Oddly was the company that made it. They kind of try and hide where the manufacturers are now because people are starting to go direct. Right. Um, so I, I respect the supply chain. And I was like, I'll buy it from them. You know, They're going to support it, all that stuff. Um, so they sent me the four-headed Raptor. And what was interesting was it had two heads of CMYK and two heads of white. And so um, when we got it, I like messaged them and I'm like, hey, so how do we put this together? And they're like, uh, I just kind of had to figure it out. Like there was no YouTube videos to watch. There was no there was like a manual in like half Chinese to try to start piecing this thing together. So and, so, and yeah. that's because it's. Like, cause I'm looking on the site now and now it looks like you could buy on-site install and training one day or two days, but at that right. time getting started, there was nothing. And in the manuals, it's all coming from overseas. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was kind of like, it kind of felt like Bruce, like when you were early at Printavo and I would like maybe do some support tickets for you of try to get some like Q and A, like yeah. that doesn't scale, you know? Um, so that, that was earlier on, but that's and a good point to note though, is that the community isn't fully there yet where, right. Like, you know, you're learning the screen print, you're going to watch Ryan Moore's videos or, or uh, Catspit videos or something, right? Uh, but there really isn't, you know, if you Google this, there's probably not much that comes out. Yeah, and now they're coming out with like a DTF university and they have like learning paths and stuff like that, which I would have definitely appreciated, but it was totally learn as you go. Hmm. And so it was also like, who do you, who do I call, you know, like when I have a problem with my MNR, I call Wally and like he's troubleshooting with me or I call Marcotte. I didn't necessarily every day, you know, I knew that they were super busy. So it was, it was always pulling teeth to get a hold of someone from day one. Um, and so I would just go more distributor there. There's yeah, like they're new. And I think I was one of the early shops to get the four headed Raptor and they've been selling a two headed oddly for a long time. And so, uh, like you have to learn about things like like head alignment, how to align four heads. And so you have to make sure the nozzles are perfectly aligned. And some of the software is in another language. Like you're clicking through and you're like, uh, what should I click there? You know, and there's all these settings and stuff like that. So I was basically like experimenting. 
I will say though, when the thing was running, the four headed Raptor was incredible. The transfer was like super, super nice. Um, I loved the powder thing. The one difference was you have to run 15 feet of film because it's got to go through this big shaker unit. So if you just try to do two feet, you're really going to run 20 feet. Mm. Right. So I was like, okay, we can deal with that. That's totally fine. Um, but we were still, I think the, the problem that I had with it is we literally were the mechanics on it. And every day we would message them and be like, Hey, we're not getting good this. And they'd be like, replace the dampers, replace this syringe that, you know, do four. And, and sometimes it'd be like, turn the machine off and turn it on. I'd be like, I, I've done that 16 <laughs> times already. Um, and so like at a certain point they're like, yeah, we don't know. And you're like, <sighs> and so I think what happened, what the biggest problem we had with the four headed Raptor um, was the alignment of four heads. It always kept going out of alignment and we didn't know why. And I think personally it has to do with the tension of how quickly it's feeding through, but we would have perfect alignment. And so you have to do bi-directional alignment, horizontal alignment, vertical alignment. Do you manually well, set that or it has to go through a calibration thing it, before you, you have to print out calibration sheets and then you have to adjust it. them on the machine. Like in the software. How often did that have to happen? I mean, I was, we were just struggling over and over and over again. We couldn't get a full day of alignment. We'd print a whole mm -hmm. thing out and the thing would come out of alignment. And so I think what would happen is like, we became the techs on this machine straight up. Like we had replaced ribbons. We had replaced heads. We had replaced nozzles because they're just like, Hey, yeah, we'll send you another, send you another head. Yeah. We'll send you another, this we'll send you another, that. And by the time we had literally replaced everything on it, there were starting to have like issues of like, like the ribbons were starting to get a little frayed. And I kind of had said like, like I would pay three, $4,000 to have you guys in here and, and dial this thing in. And they're just like, we just don't have the bandwidth right now to do that. So they were super cool. And I'm like, Hey, you know, like I love this technology. Do you mind, do you think we could downgrade to the two? And they said that they're like, Hey, maybe you want to downgrade to the two head. Like we'll take that machine back. And that I was super appreciative of. And they're like, we're going to send you the two headed, which was $10,000 less in exchange for the forehead. Um, because I, I believe, I still believed in the technology and it was working and everything was good there. Does that make the sense? forehead for folks uh, listening, at least online is 27,000. When I read that, I'm like, Where's the crossover between buying transfers and and buying the equipment? Maybe that's another segment that we get into. Maybe all right, all right let's finish. Let's finish. Part well, let's three finish the journey. Okay, part three. Okay. So part three is we got the two-headed mongoose, um, which uses Cadlink, which is a good rip, right? Um, we got the machine. It was I have already installed now three. This is my third one, mm -hmm. so I was like ready to rock and roll. Um, and it it. <laughs> It you is need to start uh, stevensdtf.com. No, it is in production today and it is working really well. In fact, um, like we actually purchased our second one of them. So oh, wow. we have two of the mongooses running. That's at DTF Superstore. That's at DTF Superstore. That being said, I have still replaced every part on it. I have replaced dampers. I've replaced print heads. I've replaced, I've, we still have to calibrate them every so often. And what's a damper? A damper is, is, is like a bladder where ink comes through the lines. Sometimes okay. I like 
you know, there's, there's air that's in the lines that you have to pull through. Um, they're just finicky machines. They're not plug and play. Um, so I've replaced just about every part of it. Um, and we feel good about that, but, um, there's also the dryer and we've had a ton of issues with one of the older dryers where I've replaced a motherboard relays, surges, um, sensors. Um, I've, I've replaced like, you know, the shaker thing that shakes that on one of my calls with them. I was like, they're like, yeah, we think it's the motherboard. I'm like, have you ever replaced the motherboard? They're like, uh, no. I'm like, so you want me to replace the motherboard? I'm like, okay. So I've, I've had to replace, I've had to, I've had to be a mechanic on the machines. Um, but we do, we do like them a lot. This, this, I mean, it feels like it's so early that, you know, folks are buying equipment that haven't been road tested. So you're road testing it. It's hard to support it because it hasn't been used that much. Um, it's hard to get educational information because it hasn't been used that much. So it feels like this is like, I, I know you hear a lot of folks that want to jump in. It's like, this is a red, big red flag. Yeah. I mean, I would equate this as to saying like, I want to learn how to screen print and then going and buying an auto, a CTS like right away. I think so Bruce, we did a, uh, a podcast with rum from Supercolor. Yeah. And I've been pretty open with Rum, like, hey Rum, I'm getting this. And he's like, I'm I'm I I support you, you know. Um, he talked a lot about the cost of labor that's not actualized in the machine. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? <laughs> Is this a new uh, replacing parts? So I think what mistake shop owners and entrepreneurs make is they think that if they're just gonna do it, they're they're saving the labor on there. So, you know, if I'm spending two hours a day printing, well, that's, you know, I'm not paying any employees, you know, it's just, it's just something I'm doing. And so you never actualize that, but it actually does cost quite a bit of money. So even yeah. though the machine is 20, 20 plus thousand dollars, um, your time personally in there is super, super costly. Bruce, oh, the learning, the maintenance, the training yeah. of others. I'm I'm curious, Bruce, like even on the engineering side, how do you think about that? Like early on, I'll just do it myself. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's what we've, what we talk about is just that early on in the business you can spend, you, you don't have money coming in, so you have time. So you, you force it through with your time, but then that equation quickly shifts. And I think it's around, I think it's around like a million dollars a year or so. And maybe it's even below that where you should really be very smart with your time more so uh, because your time gets so expensive and you don't actually realize it because you're still trying to force it through with time. But that is a good point with these with this machine, especially like I, I don't imagine someone that's just starting a shop buying this, right? Though I mean, it seems like it's more of an addition of of what folks are currently doing, uh, either on the screen print or yeah. Um, so like yeah, I mean, I mean, here's the thing: like I was running it, and then I was like, hey, I'm just gonna have an employee part time run it, and it became like a pain in her her rear end, and she's like, I hate this thing; it's taking time out of my day. 
Yeah. So then I'm like, you know what? I'm going to hire one employee that's just going to do this. And so I thought to myself, wait a second, that's a forty to $50,000 a year commitment. And so just to keep that machine on, I have now four or $5,000 of labor, right? Plus a month. Ink, plus ink and consumables. So w- what did those roughly run? So a roll of film is between 150 bucks to $200. And how, how long is a roll? Uh, 300 feet, maybe 100 okay. yards. I don't know. Um, we go through a roll a day right now. Is that partially because you said the minimum length is 15 feet or whatever to get? Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of waste for sure. A lot of waste. Right. Um, but we, you know, and then ink is, I don't even know how much ink is right now, but, um, we easily, I'd have to ask our accountant of how much we spend in consumables, but I bet you it's another couple thousand dollars a month. Easily, 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 easily. Um, so just right there, the cost of operating our, our DTF could be 65 to $70,000 a year. And I don't think, I never thought about that. Yeah. It's not nothing. It's actually fairly significant. Right. When did you, when did you start thinking about that? Was that after you talked to Rome? Um, it, it always been on my mind. Um, what's the cost? And, and, for us, it was all about speed. We want to be able to get it as fast as possible with really low minimums. Um, that, that was the problem we were trying to solve. Yeah, we can drop a nameplate for every college athlete and we only need to print one, right? So it works for our, our business model. I really had to think about that and it's dawned on me more and more being like, hey, what if, I, what if there was a better way to do it without having to actually print anything out? You know, going going through these three machines, it feels like, you know, let's say somebody's looking to invest in a machine. So I'm ready. I'm, I want to jump in. There seems to be a couple themes here that I've plucked out and curious to, for you to add more. But number one, it seems like you rely on support uh, quite a bit. Um, there's not a lot to just Google to be able to do on your own. So having a company that, you know, if you get a red flag early in, of answering questions or help or or not at the best reputation sounds like don't go that path um also sounds like if you don't have the time to spend on learning the machine getting it installed getting it set up getting all trained on it possible red flag uh any others that are that are big ones Maybe yeah. evaluating the true cost of it. You know, if you talk, if you look at the time aspect, like you're saying, is is it an ROI positive activity to be able to invest all of that? And especially when it sounds like the most expensive is the first year or so of all the learning and, and everything. I think it's that you have to have someone that's mechanically inclined. To be able like, to get in the weeds with it. To get in the weeds. I would almost argue, you know, like, when someone buys a digital squeegee and it's a half million dollar machine, they probably have someone in their shop that's super nerdy on it. It's probably the same level of if you know the same level of I can replace any part. I know color gamlets, ICC profiles, mm-hmm. you know all that stuff. You need someone that's very mechanical, um, but someone that can also be a self starter. Because if they call you every time, hey, this one out, hey, this one out, like the thing's gonna fail. It's gonna fail. There's going to be failures there. 
Um, there's no plug and play recipe of it. So I think having that person and it can't be you, the business owner, if you think mm-hmm. it's going to be you, you're going to hate, you're going to hate it. Um, it's kind of like you trying to heat press on that crappy heat press, Bruce, for your wife. <laughs> I don't want to name any names uh, on that one, but yeah, that was, we'll, we'll be upgrading. Rum's got me a, a nice suggestion that I'll be yeah. purchasing. Um, Oh, and the software. You mentioned the software. Don't don't overlook the software that they're running. Uh, make sure it's like easy, user friendly. Uh, you said CAD Link is it, it uh, was a lot better to use and work with. Okay, so with all of this said, um, first, I, there's two questions, right? Like, obviously, the one is is the conclusion, right? After a year, would you do it again? And where would you be at? But before we get to the conclusion piece of, of like, would you do it again? And would you dive back in? Um, support being such a big piece of it. Is there like any interesting stories that you've got of the, you know, cause I mean, you, it sounds like you've replaced damn near the whole thing of, of so, almost all these units. Okay. I think the DTF market came in and supported hobbyists first. You think so? Even at 27,000 yeah. or like garage door garage shops. Cause if you go into some of these groups, they, they don't know screen printing or like crazy manufacturing. Mm. And so you're talking about these, there's like Facebook groups for it. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Because this is like a, you know, um, so when I deal with the manufacturers or the suppliers that distribute, there's a level of excellence that you kind of expect in our industry. You know, if I call MNR and I say, I need a part out, and it's under warranty, they overnight it to your door because they know your uptime is uptime. If, you know, I called Dave Eggers from Multicraft and say, like, I had an issue with something, he goes, no problem, I'll overnight it. It'll be there tomorrow, right? If I call SNS and there's a shirt ripped, they don't ask a question and they just send it back, you know, they just send you a new one. Because, you know, for them, these companies realize that loyalty is built in resolution. For some of these smaller companies they're still learning that. And so I might message them and say, Hey, (laughs) I need a part and I need you to overnight it. Um, like this went out and they're like, Oh, um, okay. Uh, but UPS picked up already today and it's like one o'clock and I'm like, there's a UPS store four minutes from your place. Drive it there. Like (laughs) I was like, I'm not going to tell you how to run your company, but like, and then I was like, they're like, they're like, oh, overnight isn't included. I'm like, okay. And then I was like, fine, whatever. And then they're like, oh, we sent you an invoice, but you didn't pay it quick enough, so we couldn't ship it out. And I'm like, so Monday rolls around, and I'm like, do we have the part? No, no, we're shipping it today. And you're like, okay, thank you. <laughs> you know, uh, or like, you know, there has been recalls on film. There haven't been recalls. There have been community discoveries on bad batches of ink. Like we had banding going on in our, our magenta and we couldn't figure it out for the life of us. We bought new heads, replaced stuff. And then finally a bunch of people on the thread were like, we're having the same problem. We're having the same problem. And they come out and they're like, yeah, it's the ink. And I'm like, great. I've spent the last week trying to do this. And then it's like, what are you going to do about it? I'm like, Oh yeah, just uh, ship these back and we'll send you some new ones. And I'm like, you just wasted a week of my life. And now I have to send you back this stuff. Dude, why, yeah. why, 
Okay, sorry. Keep going. Keep going. Uh, you know, like same with bad film. Like film, we print on sheets of film, and and it was it had issues with it. Uh, they're like, oh, you know, um, we can ship you some new ones. Can you rush it? No. <laughs> and you're like, okay, sweet. And so we are because we are guinea pigs of it. We are at the mercy of them and their growing pains. And I think if they tried to be so loyalty driven too early on, they might go broke doing it. Like. Cause there's so much technical support that's needed. Um, but sometimes I challenge them very directly. I'm like, that's, that rubs me the wrong way. And I, I, I'll say things like, like at campus Inc, that's not, that's not our standard of excellence in customer service. You know, I, I can't close tickets for you guys. You guys need to close your own support tickets, you know? <laughs> um, so I don't know. I get a little okay. fired up about it. F- Ferg, if, it feels like between us, I know we're recording this, but that it is too damn early to to be diving into this. But I guess, you know, maybe this goes into the conclusion part is like for your business model, in theory, we know that this could be a success, but is the industry ready yet? No. <laughs> okay. And you and you're and you're like of the edge case where it's like yeah the, the, this could really make a lot of sense because of all the e-commerce you're doing. Correct. Transfers are the future. Transfers are the future. I, I will be very clear on that. Is like digital transfers are back and they are amazing. Is the industry ready to have these machines yet? No, they're not. Um, there's a steep, steep learning curve, and I think. You know, I'd be curious if we recorded this in a year and said, how far have we come? We'll do it. Put something out for um, November. But it's definitely too early. And this is what I tell shops. You know, if you're trying to make groundbreaking technology for like quicker turnarounds and faster whatever, like we're trying to do on-demand nameplates for NIL athletes, fine. But outsource until you can't possibly do it anymore. And it doesn't make sense financially. And so I think the number is like, if you're not spending six, seven grand a month. Don't even think about it. That was pretty bold. There you have it. I mean, I don't, I don't think anybody else has dove that deep to be that honest about their uh, ups and downs because nobody's had the time yet. It's so new still. And I, I just think for, for screen printers, we are such a tribe that we, look, we support each other with good equipment. And then, you know, we have to be we have to be honest and transparent with one another about that other stuff. Cause the last thing I want to see is someone dealing with the, the same pain points that, that I'm going through. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why I think, you know, our community is so badass. but yeah, if DTF's going to come into our world, don't fuck with screen printers. <laughs> Steven, I appreciate your honesty. I think everybody else does too. Uh, is there anything else to mention before we wrap? No. And, and I think like they're probably going to listen to this and not, you know, love it. Uh, I think they're making tremendous strides and I think they're, they're doing a good job. I think it's just, it's early. It's early. It's early. It's early. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode. Hopefully you found this helpful. And then this is going to be the one that I'm going to link out when I get emails, which I don't know how I get the emails. I'm t- do you just not respond to them? Is that why I would do No, I do respond. I do respond. Okay. I, I have very <laughs> short responses. I'm like, no. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so Steven at campus. Yeah. And, and, and if anyone else has them, um, like I talked to Connor from St. Louis shirt company and, and if anyone else has them, like Hunter's got one from Maryland print house, I think. 
um, hit us up because, you know, we are trying to do stuff at scale at very high rates. And this is, uh, this is, this is no, no small fry stuff for sure. So cool. Heck Bruce, yeah. are you going to get a DTF? I'm, uh, no, I'm Bruce, get, Bruce uh, needs to outsource heat pressing in his little, his little, uh, his little house right there. Um, Supercolor was recommending the Wally or Walla Press Pro, so I'm gonna give that one a try for my wife. It's for her to test. She's Bruce, got focus cool on stuff. sales and marketing. Outsource everything else, right? <laughs> well, this um, isn't me. This is her project that I'm just like connecting her. AKA calling Farrag when um, she's having what, trouble. What's the pressure again? Yeah. Uh, um, no, this is awesome. I uh, I hope this is helpful for people. And uh, yeah, hit me up. Let's talk about it. Sweet. All right, folks. We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to Printable Pronounce Podcast. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.